Welcome to the Further Light Podcast, presented by Wisconsin Freemasonry, helping you accomplish your Masonic goals through education and more light. And now, I present to you, Brother Chris Lutke. Brother Chris again. Today, I want to explore Masonic universality. Now, there are a lot of ways to think about Masonic universality. You can talk about it in terms of geography. You can talk about it in terms of teachings. I'm going to use the latter far more than the former here. Of course, as a newly made Mason, we are generally told about the universality of the institution. To the average initiate, the idea of Masonic universality is more or less geographic. This is what McKay gets across in one of his prose, saying, quote, Wherever the wandering steps of civilized men have left their footprints, they have our temples, there have our temples been established. Now, that would mean that we're all over the place, and we really are, but there's probably more to it. When he first observes the globes on top of the pillars that we see so commonly in many of the lodges, we also get the idea of the universality of masonry. In the ritual of the first degree, the initiate is given a more profound explanation, again dealing with universality. From this instruction, an alert and philosophical brother might be inspired to reflect on the deeper meanings of the phrase, this idea of the universality of masonry as it applies to Masonic customs, tenets, and ideas. Yet, it is this approach to the idea of universality which leads the contemplative to realize that Masonic universality is a moral ideal. The consciously pursued development of worldwide tolerance based on knowledge, appreciation, and understanding between men, their creeds, and institutions. This is a fancy way of my getting into the topic and saying that it's more about the universal teachings than is about universality as in being a surrounding force. So, some of the things I want to look at is how do we define Masonic universality? Where do we find universal virtues in Freemasonry? And why should Masonic universality be understood in the framework of virtue rather than geography. And I should point out that throughout this episode, this is more of an essay and interpretation than it is going out and finding information, boiling it down, and presenting it. While I am doing that, a lot of this is my personal interpretation, not the interpretation of the Grand Lodge of the State of Wisconsin or any other jurisdiction. That being said, interpretation is always useful. It gets people thinking about topics. My goal today is to examine universality as a moral framework, truths held in every culture and society from time immemorial, because this is what sets us apart as a society of men bonded through a common experience and worldview. So when we look at universality, a common definition is going to be generally geographic. Freemasonry admits men of all faiths and all color and while this is a the general concept of Freemasonry, there are some, well, let's call them jurisdictional issues, and this is coming from the Masonic Dictionary. This is obviously a weak argument today, so I propose that we reframe it. What if we look at universality as referring to morality and virtue rather than geography? 
So instead of looking at the globe as a symbol of universality, maybe we should look at our teachings. But first, let's talk about universal virtues because there is research on this topic. Thankfully, researchers have looked into the question of universal virtues or morals. Virtue is a trait or quality that is deemed to be morally good and thus is valued as a foundation of principle and good moral being. The field of positive psychology has actually gone out and identified six universal virtues. This is coming from surveys around the world, different societies, different cultures that we see present universally across the globe in all human societies. And those six are courage, humanity. Now, courage is strength in the face of pain, grief, or adversity. Humanity, in other words, benevolence or charity. That should sound familiar. Justice, again, should sound familiar. That's teamwork, fairness, leadership. Wisdom, which is perspective, creativity, curiosity. Wisdom is not intelligence. Wisdom takes age and developing a framework in which to understand your intelligence. So it's a little different. Temperance, which we're familiar with, in other words, modesty or self-control, and transcendence, which would be an appreciation of beauty, spirituality, and gratitude. Transcendence is something bigger than ourselves. Understanding a lot of very spiritual, a lot of very abstract concepts. So where do we find these universal virtues in Freemasonry? Well, if we look at the tenets of Freemasonry, as we see in some of the degrees, we see, for example, brotherly love. Now, every true Mason will show tolerance and respect for the opinions of others and will behave with compassion and understanding to his fellows. This is humanity, temperance, and wisdom, or it takes those things. Or we can look at relief. So Freemasons have been taught to help those in distress without detriment to their dependents and to give their support to outside charities. This is humanity and justice. We're simply applying those universal truths, those universal virtues that we find from anthropology and positive psychology. And we've been applying it for 300 years. They just found it recently. Truth. Freemasons strive for truth, both in their view of themselves. In other words, being true to yourself, understanding who you truly are, accepting who you are for both faults and ability but also truth in their dealings with others. This covers courage, also known as fortitude in Freemasonry, justice, and transcendence. And these ideas, these are all universal. They're things that we find in Judeo-Christian or Abrahamic faiths. They're things we find in Buddhist ideas. They're things that we find all over the world. So let's take it one step further. Let's apply it to something else. Let's see if this works. Because if it applies in one area, okay, that's fine. But maybe it's confirmation bias. Let's apply it somewhere else. So let's go one step further down the trail. Let's apply these universal principles to some of our working tools. How about the square? So this is a symbol that reminds us to take our actions and compare it to virtue. So in other words, always go back and think about what you're doing. Don't act out of passion. And so this idea of considering your actions before acting out of passion or emotion would be a sign of wisdom. Or the compass, controlling our desires and passions. This is 
temperance at the same time transcendence because if we understand our position within the world and we accept it we can now start to truly understand the world around us instead of constantly trying to fight back against it when you are fighting something you will not see beauty you see beauty when you take that moment to step back and really reflect on what's around how about the 24 inch gauge we've dealt with it with that in this podcast in the past this is balance so the idea of separating your life into a vocation rest and service the idea that we must not allow one aspect of our life to push others out this is temperance and developing wisdom understanding that while one thing might look particularly important in a given time when you step back and you look at an entire life well lived will that 120 hours that you spent at work that seems so important at the time seem just as important 60 years down the line when you lay on your deathbed how about the common gavel this is to focus our minds on the right things rather than the vices and superfluities that we're surrounded with in life so we have to focus on those things that are good and right and this is temperance and transcendence i can go through the working tools or the lessons from any degree any section of freemasonry when you start to apply these universal virtues and it works all the way across and what does that tell us well first let's start with the historical side because of course we need to deal with the historical side so why does this set us apart historically well masonry likely arose sometime around the 14th to 16th centuries maybe 17th century in northern europe so depending on your definition that would be england scotland uh i would throw in the low countries because that trade that mercantilism is going to be tied to england it's going to have a great deal of influence especially in london and elsewhere so it's going to be important but these are people who are living in a pre-reformation christian society where reformation ideals are already floating around they're floating around during the reign of henry the eighth in england they're floating around a little bit later in northern europe but they're all basically looking at these ideas people are questioning strict christian dogma and teachings what we would see as catholic today and in a world where all things are religion because we're right at the end of the renaissance and so religion is still the key element of everyone's life developing a set of universal virtues is arguably dangerous but also progressive why because it is problematic you're suddenly taking lessons and teachings of morality and ethics that are generally associated with the church and you're taking out of the church setting and making it universal which means we don't need the church as such for those lessons it's kind of a dangerous thing at the time so this is a progressive idea assuming based on language and symbolism that masonry indeed arose at this period then these masons are going to be merchants they're going to be traders they're going to be uh high officials and some of these people are traveling to the east or they're aware of the people who are traveling to the east bringing back new ideas hence the examples provided earlier all from european trading partners that we see in the 15th 16th centuries etc they create a system of moral teachings focused on character and virtue outside the framework of the church is a massive innovation this is enlightenment ideas based on renaissance humanism a hundred years before the enlightenment actually starts this is also this has also created universality as religion is no longer a barrier 
So your dogma and your morals and ethics are now separated in this worldview. That's going to be important because by doing that, that means we can now accept anyone of any faith, not necessarily those of the right faith. In Europe at the time, that's Christianity or today Catholicism. In, and I keep saying Catholicism because when you get to the Reformation, what we term Christianity before the Reformation is split to Protestant and Catholic, and Catholic is the closest to the Christianity that we're seeing here, just to clarify. So, in pre-Reformation, Reformation Europe, this is dangerous thought. The Masons brought together teachings from around the known world through trade to create arguably the first universal system by which to teach virtue since the classical Greeks. And by the way, it's no accident that Aristotle keeps turning up in all of these conversations because he is the first to really speak about, in the Western world anyway, the idea of the four cardinal virtues. These four base virtues that must be there for a man to live a good life. So it's an interesting idea. Basically, the concept is that we take masonry, we understand the lessons rather than the geography as the universal element. These are universal lessons. And when we look at it that way, they're taking lessons from around the world, putting them into an allegorical system that speaks to the people at the time in the lodges, using symbolism, story, and metaphor, and we get masonry. So how should we define Masonic universality as I draw things together here? The argument for Masonic universality based on a universal experience or universal acceptance is weak as we have seen the teachings are universal. It's also weak because, of course, you see differences in jurisdiction. We have ancient versus modern. We have all these different ideas, different rituals. So the idea that universality is a universal experience is problematic. You have to figure out where that universal lies. Although the lessons are there, those are truly universal. Universal acceptance. Well, every lodge has a culture. Acceptance changes. However, no matter where you were made a mason, you were taught the same principles, virtues, and ideas. Maybe the words were different. Maybe the ritual varied a little bit, but it was the same concepts. Thus, we find a stronger framework through which to understand Masaki universality as we see within the various teachings, within the ritual. Then, where do we find universal virtues in Freemasonry? We find it in the tools, the tenets, and the teachings of our craft, as I did by looking at the tenets and tools of one degree. The same universality is found in other degrees. The wording may shift, but the base teachings remain, no matter your country or jurisdiction, pure work. And those universal lessons are often restated. So if you look at a broad idea like balance... You find that in the 24-inch gauge. You find that in the point within the circle. You find that in the five orders of architecture. It's all over the place. It's throughout. And we must be repeating this for a reason. And it's because these are particularly important lessons to learn. They may seem simple and therefore lacking deeper meaning, but all great truths of the human condition are ultimately quite simple. Think about any major teaching that we see throughout the world, from Buddhist ideas of right thought to Christian ideas of the golden rule, and these are all very simple concepts. 
So why would simplicity rule anything out? It is that simplicity that has drawn the greatest minds of human existence to study them, refine them, and seek to make them universal. Why should Masonic universality be understood in the framework of virtue rather than geographic terms? To say that you will find acceptance in any lodge throughout the world is good, but it lacks depth. It basically means I walk in and people are going to say, hey, how's it going, brother? Here's dinner. Here's this. But is that really enough? Is that masonry? If we stick to geographic universality, we are basically the same as any other group, acceptance through membership. What sets us apart from other groups is our teachings, our ritual, as progressive today as they were 500 years ago because of the universality, the simplicity of the lessons that are there. These teachings allow us to participate in social discourse anywhere on earth because we have become familiar with these universal virtues, virtues that cross oceans, state boundaries, and nations. This universality through virtue, sets us apart, makes us special, and encourages all of us to go out and better ourselves through masonry. So go out, study the teachings, take each and try to apply it to your daily life. You can even take one at a time and try and apply it. We see people like Ben Franklin and others doing that, where they take pieces of lessons and they try and apply them every day or every week or every month. And it doesn't matter if you make a 180 or you improve by 1%. Improve. That's the basis. Those, that's the purpose of these lessons. These lessons are simple, but I think you will find that they contain the kind of truths that can change one from a simple human to a man of great character, unlikely to be forgotten after he is gone. Thank you for joining me, Brother Chris Lidke and the entire Further Light team on your quest to find more light through masonry. Are you interested in learning more about Freemasonry in Wisconsin? Visit wisconsinmasons.org to learn more about masonry and access further educational content and more light. Once again, that address is wimasons.org. Any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at education at wisconsinmasons.org. And thank you for listening.